What's up, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer from blueandgold.com with Tim Hyde, our football analyst. And uh, we got a pretty fun show today. I can't say it's a show that Tim and I have spent a ton of time preparing for as uh, Tim's got a full-time job. And um, of course, this is my full-time job, but it's a very busy time in Notre Dame football recruiting, which is obviously my primary beat. And I just kind of, you know, we, we do the YouTube um, you know, on the side here and, um, yeah, so very busy, but we do have some fun things, um, lined up. We'll talk, um, a little bit NFL draft reaction. Notre Dame had two players drafted. Um, Tim watched the spring game back. How many times, Tim? About a half a dozen. <laughs> okay. Wow. I need to, uh, I need to ask your wife and be like, where, when is Tim watching this? And what do you think about his obsession here? Um, it's her, it's she's on conference calls and I got some free you, time, so it's you, all good. Well, you have a pretty newborn, recently newborn, and uh, you should break down the amount of time you watch the spring game with what you get paid with us and see how much you're, you know, how what, the, what that breaks down to. <laughs> no, I hear you. So Tim will give his reaction um, and takeaways from, you know, um, what he's learned in these rewatches. He'll give position grades um, for, for each position group from from Notre Dame's blue gold game talk about Notre Dame's 2023 recruiting class and uh to finish it off there's a guy named Dante Moore um if you are a Notre Dame football fan um watching this back watching live or listening via podcast I'm sure you know who that is so we do appreciate you guys with us live um expecting a really good group tonight um if you want if you want us to answer a question make sure you just drop a super chat uh drops a few bucks We'll answer it right away. If uh, you don't have the money to do that, just uh, hit a thumbs up, drop a comment. Might be able to get to it later. Um, one dollar for one year premium access, blueandgold.com. Of course, that everyone's got a buck. Come on, you got internet access and in a phone and a laptop. You got a buck. Head to blueandgold.com. Sign up. Get all the good stuff. Tim and I are on the message board all day long. Plenty of good content. And of course, thumbs up. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave a nice review on podcast. Um, hope you guys are having a great day. All right, that's a good minute of housekeeping items out of the way. Tim, I think we have the same. So this is our, our our next segment, best thing we've seen in the past week. I think we have the same from what you told me before we started going live here. The same best thing you saw this week is the same thing. I, so let's just go ahead on the count of three. Oh, okay, okay. I was yeah. gonna. Well, I was gonna. I had. Well, I had. To, I had a couple others before I found out what my best thing was. No. Well, so. all right. We'll get to your second and your third. Yeah. But on the count of three, you got to hold it up because I'm guessing oh, yeah. it's an item, right? Yes. All right. Yes. One, two, three. <laughs> Fresh in the mail today. Blue and gold illustrated cover. I got mine oh, in the mail as well. Um, there's my boy Steve Angeli. Um, I fought like hell to get him on the cover. Um, well, we didn't have the touchdown shot and we just didn't really have some great shots of Steve for the cover. Like we have our own photographer there. Um, and, um, I fought, I was like, we have to put Steve on there. Um, and, and both of these guys, Jadaren Price is the, the running back of the cover. They had both had great games. So I was like, let's put them both on the cover. Have a, like a, you know. Little tandem thing. All right, Tim. So that's the best thing I saw. All right, Tim. For for podcast folks, um, we're not able to see that. It was uh our our, our cover at Blue and Gold Illustrated. Steve Angeli, Jadarian Price on the on the cover there. So okay, 
go ahead, Tim. What 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 else have you seen? Well, yeah, I mean, I was I've been battling the last couple of days figuring out the best of the week. And number one, I was going to be like, is it Mike Singer picking Jaden Greathouse? Which I thought was like huge, obviously news if if that does you know come come down the road for Notre Dame and wide receiver recruiting. I'm a huge Elijah Page fan. And the fact that he stands been on campus, he is coming out officially. Those are uh, two of my favorite things I've seen here recently. And then, you know, I go uh, go jump out to the mailbox, open up the mailbox, and there's blue and gold. And I'm like, how much did Mike Singer get on this one, huh? But I was like, I was excited. It's it's always good when you see you know youth is served right, and uh, on the on the front page of those two young guys who did play obviously you know really good football game, the blue and gold game. All right, so there's a little nifty graphic um, that uh, the fantastic on three graphics folks made for me for for YouTube audience. Recruiting prediction machine, um, log, prediction logged, sixty percent confidence. Jaden Greathouse, four star receiver. Uh, prediction for him to land at Notre Dame. How big would that be, Tim? Just real quick. Well, then I mean you're going into University of Texas's backyard for two kids. I mean two two of the top. What James is right around 110, what 110, 115, he'll be a 100 ish player. Same with Great House when it's all said and done. And you go into Texas and get, I mean, it, you, you, Texas and Texas AM, you know, for uh, two of the, you know, top six, seven wide receivers in that state. And if anyone knows about Texas football, 90% of the, the programs in Texas are four wides basically nowadays. And they chuck that thing all over the place. So there's a thousand wide receivers in the state of Texas that could play college football. And Notre Dame's going to get two of the premier ones if, if Great House does come down the road. And, uh, you know, it goes back to we've mentioned it a hundred thousand times, right? You know, Stucky gets hired, you know, and I think his year at Baylor, man, he sure does have some tentacles in that state and the relationships he's built before he comes to Notre Dame. Now he's got that, that Notre Dame, uh, you know, lapel on his shirt, and that holds a lot of weight when you walk into those schools. And uh, it's it's paying off for Coach Freeman and, and Coach Stuckey down there in Texas. Yeah, to be honest with you, Tim, I don't know. Like with, with Braylon James, um, the, the four-star receiver from uh, the Austin area, just like Great House, I don't think they – they had spoken a couple times. Okay. But they're not really close relationship. Um, and uh, with, with Great House, I don't think that Stuckey – um, was, was that close hard. with with great house? So, yeah, I think this is just goes to Stucky's just a damn good recruiter, and um, yeah, I, I look. I mean, Dell Alexander is getting you know even more thrown under the bus right oh, now, yeah. but I, I mean, Notre Dame had really good receiver classes under Alexander, but this potential class they might sign. Um, I mean, it could be ridiculous. Um. So, I mean, like the Jaden Thomas, Colsey, Styles class was really good. Um, but, yeah, this might be uh, pretty stinking impressive. Okay. Um, sure. Yeah, and, and then Elijah Page, um, I'll pop on his profile for – Yeah, um, I, yeah you know, he's him? one of those – yeah, he's you know he's a lot like Sam Pendleton. Obviously, he's a late offer from Coach Eastand, you know, which, which, you know, Harry gets hired there. And he's one of those – those guys, you know, we haven't talked a lot about because he's obviously out in Phoenix and, you know, is he going to go to SC, UCLA, you know, that type of thing. But uh, no, I mean, Harry's been on him. Uh, I know you you reported he's been out to go to go visit, go see him. He's officially announced he's going to come visit 
Notre Dame because you know had, you know couldn't get out there during the spring. So really good football player. Really, I mean, athletic. One of those under the radar national guys that are, is going to slowly blow up. Another offensive tackle, tall, long. I like him because he's a true, true offensive tackle. I feel down the road, and I'm just a big believer in this 2023 class. Notre Dame needs to bring in two, three true tackles because of Fisher, obviously Joe Alt, Baker, those three true tackles will be leaving here in the next two years. All right, Tim. So, you know, the 2021 offensive line recruiting class, mm-hmm. you know, they signed Fisher and Alt. 2022 is really good uh, with Wagner and Tonona and Billy Shrouth, like really I'm five man halls in 2021 and 2022. If they sign the following five in 2023, would it be better? It's my, my question to you. Um, Sam Pendleton, Elijah Page. Pendleton's already committed to the Irish. Mm-hmm. Sullivan Absher, big boy out of North Carolina. Monroe Freeling, big boy out of South Carolina. And Charles Jagusaw um, from Illinois. I mean, which is – can you rank those? I'm putting you on the spot here. Could you rank those one, two, and three? Well, I mean, well, let's okay. Well, you, I mean, you got to talk about them at the time they commit, correct? At the time they sign, and obviously, Alt was what the fourth best one in that class is. It was no, or, yeah. or, but but you have two studs. You have I'll, Rocco I'll let and you, Fisher. I'll let you so look you at it Rocco. however you want. Like exactly. You, so you got to look at it like that at, at the time they sign. You know, you can't. You know, no, Joel no, no, no. I'll let you. I'll, no, I want so, you to project it to where. When they're done playing at Notre Dame, which offensive line class do you think will be the best? Well, it's a 20. total guess. I mean, I'm just throwing you oh, on, it's on a the total spot. guess. The, tw- the 21 group is going to be extremely hard because of the emergence of Joe Alt. The fact that Joe Alt. Hard to beat, you up, mean? Yes, because, I mean, you go from four string to starter. We'll talk about him in our spring grades. He, I mean, that guy, he looks like a first round draft choice right now. Blake Fisher's going to be really good. Looks like I thought, you know, Rocco is going to get better and better. Those three right there are going to be hard to beat. You know, the 22 group, it's all about Wagner. Is he going to, you know, get up to 305? Is he going to put that weight on? I know he looked, I saw some pictures of him at the spring game. He's a three sports star. He looks, you know, tall, skinny still. Doesn't look like he's out of weight. He's doing track, obviously, I, I believe right now. So he's going to have to pack on weight, but he's going to be a, a guy we probably won't hear about for two years because he has to pack on weight. And I think the rest of the group is a lot of interior guys. I think when it's all said and done, you know, is Chan fast enough, athletic enough to be a fisher, to be a backup right tackle. We're going to find out this, this fall. And then, but that group, Freeling's a true left, you know, Jagasaw's a right tackle. And then you got some big dudes inside, you know, that they're going to sign. It's the 21 group. Is, is going to be hard just because of the the emergence of Joe Alt. I think everyone expected Fisher and Rocco to be up there. They're the big names. And Joe Alt may put them over the top when it's all said and done. I love Sullivan Absher. He's my favorite one just because of the, the violence he plays with um, on his film. He is – He's a lot of he's a, he's a lot of fun. And yeah. He may be my favorite film out of these three classes. Yeah, and he's a fun kid to talk to. I got to uh, okay. spend some time with him um, in uh, in North Carolina. It was a couple of weeks ago. I went out to his high school and sat down with him and his coach. This was a lot of fun. So uh, Notre Dame 
looking like they're in a pretty good spot um, to beat out Clemson and NC State. Um, so would would certainly be a big get. All right, all of that talk for the past few minutes was uh, totally not prepared. Um, so we will uh, move along with the show. Um, Notre Dame saw, had just two players drafted, Tim. Just mm-hmm. two. Little little surprise there. Um, maybe I mean, to me at least, Kyle Hamilton and uh, Kyron Williams. Um, so th- this is a, a page and the uh, draft tab at on three, of course, blue and gold on the on three sports network. Uh, Hamilton went number 14 to the Baltimore Ravens. Kyron Williams went, uh, the number 164 overall pick. That's number 21 in the fifth round. So, um, thoughts on, uh, these landing spots and were you surprised at all to see Kyle Hamilton fall to 14? <sighs> Hamilton is obviously he's so athletic. I mean, he's, he's going to be the big nickel backer, the box safety. I feel his length. They could do so much stuff with him when it's all said and done, you know, the, you know, people projecting him early on to number two to the lions. He was a lock to be a top five pick. And it's, it's hard. I mean, mock, mock drafts, <laughs> mock drafts. I said, are like March madness brackets. They're meaningless. You're just poking, you know, you're just guessing. Yeah. We don't know what's going on in those GM rooms. So for him to drop, it's it's because there are some really good offensive tackles. Ohio State had freakish wide receivers, so freakish that one had to transfer to Alabama to play. That tells you how good their wide receiver room is. So let's enjoy. A, hopefully their backups aren't as good this year, right? <laughs> Come September 3rd. So, yeah, when, yeah, when he started dropping, I was, I was a little surprised just because He's such a really, really freakish athlete. But tell you what, if you're going to drop it, I mean, the good thing about it, you're going to a really, really good franchise that knows how to run a football program, knows how to run an organization. He's going to, you know, more, I mean, probably, you know, one of the top, what, six, eight best run organizations in the NFL. I I think if you had to take a poll of, of people that follow the NFL. So going to the Ravens, He's going to play. I was a little surprised. I know he's, he lost out on a heck of a lot of money, you know, so hopefully his, uh, his podcast and all that made him some good money because he did lose a lot of money yeah. dropping from the top four to the 14, but uh, play your tail off and you make it. And the other thing real quick is safeties. He's such a great safety, but you know what? There's, I, I went over the all pro team, you know, the 2021 all pro team. There's only out of the, the six safeties, on the first and second team, only one of them was a first-round draft choice. You know, mm. uh, Derwin James for the Chargers out of Florida State. You have a, uh, right here. You have a third, a seventh, a third, a fifth, a second-round draft pick. So there's no, you know, very few dominant first-round safeties in the NFL. And one of them being Harrison Smith for the Vikings, who's been in yeah. the league for quite some time now. Yeah, so I wasn't surprised when it all came down because he is a safety and he's a nickel safety. He's a box safety. And you put all those things in the, when you really break it down. Yeah, and it seemed like Washington was really infatuated by him, and I believe they traded down. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, as soon as that happened, I was like, ooh, how long is he going to drop? But, yeah, I mean, uh, the Ravens have had some pretty good safeties over the years, and Ed Reed certainly comes to mind. So, um, yeah, Kyle Hamilton. I mean, it, it, his family's from Atlanta, um, or at least that's where they live now. I should say Atlanta to, to Baltimore 
is like the easiest place to fly in and out. I think you can literally fly Spirit if you wanted to. You can fly Spirit like thirty-five dollars round trip. I kid you not. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, that, it's not bad. What about Kyron going in the fifth round to the Rams? I feel like there is not a better. Is there a better team that Kyron could have gone to? I mean, I, I truly feel like he could be like a number three back for them right away and contribute. Um, I think it's a perfect fit with that offense. He's yeah, and and there's another one that I, I mean, obviously. It sounds like, you know, Hamilton's 40 time probably hurt him, you know, in the grand scheme of thing of not being a top five NFL draft pick probably hurt him. And uh, Kyron was the 15th running back. That is, uh, that's, 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 that's interesting to think 14 different running backs went ahead of Kyron Williams. When you look at his body of work at Notre Dame, I know he doesn't have the blazing speed, but in the NFL, you said a perfect. He's going to the Rams that that rotates backs. They play a lot of running backs. They don't have one bell cow, and that's my guy. They rotate a lot of guys. They have situational backs there with uh, Sean McVay. So he's he's going to a great spot. He he really is. And the Rams don't don't have a lot of draft choices because they trade them. They don't care about them. And they only had two offensive players drafted, and he's one of the two along with an offensive lineman. So. Hey, it's a great fit. Excited for him. Surprised he went to. Def- to the fifth round because number one, I don't think there's a better pass blocker than yeah. him. And we talked about this before. That was the thing. I always thought his pass blocking was going to get him up in the third round. I really, really did. And that's why I think he can play right away. It's because he can do that. I mean, you yes. have trust from your coaches that you can block. That's going to get you on the field. Yes. So, um, yeah, maybe you're disappointed that they fell that far, but you, you got to be really happy with the landing spot. You know, when we look back on these guys in a few years, we're not going to talk about, oh, Kyle Hamilton fell from, you know, 2 to 14. It's that he went in the first round that we're going ma- to care about. And then Kyron is just going to be as the productive running back, and I, I think he will be. So pretty exciting stuff there. Uh, and, and then, Tim, before we move on to talk about final thoughts on the blue-gold game, Jack Cohn – um, Kevin Austin, some of these guys who didn't get drafted but did sign. Um, any thoughts on the undrafted free agents? Todd Burlidge actually did a really good story. Um, I want to say it was on Sunday or, or, or it was just yesterday. I can't remember. Um, on the amount of undrafted free agents Notre Dame's had over the years that have done so well in the NFL. I'll pull that up while you're talking to him. Uh, but yeah, thoughts on the undrafted free agents for Notre Dame in the 2022 class or draft class? Well, you thought, you know, at least here in you know Notre Dame at Blue and Gold chatting about some of the draft guys. You you know you you know you would think his you know talking about Kevin Austin, his his measurables, his numbers, his combine, his pro day, those things would would jump him up in there. But at the end of the day, it's it's you know you got to watch film, and and there was a lot of big time players he went against that he really just did not show up i mean all you had to do is put on the cincinnati film this year which you know you know the the scouts all put on the cincinnati film because they had two guys get drafted he had the fourth pick in the draft how'd you do against sauce gardner he never got off the ball he was bad and i think that probably hurt him and he had one solid season he's at notre dame for four years those things do add up you know you think he would be I, I mean, I thought he would be. I thought Notre Dame would have three. I, didn't, I never thought Jack Cohn would be a draft draftable guy. I just, I just didn't. I, 
he can't get out of the pocket. And in the NFL, he can't get out of the pocket. He doesn't have the quickest release going back to your, your guy, Dan Marino with the dolphins, you know, not that he's Marino, but you know what I mean? Like the quick release, he doesn't have that zip. So he may get eaten up. And, um, I never thought he was going to get drafted. I just didn't. Austin, I thought we'd get drafted because of the measurables. Someone take a chance. I mean, I, I mean, so many NFL wide receivers, there's tons of them, right? So everyone's got boatloads of them. You thought someone would get him, but you know, I wish him well. Yeah. He's one of those. You wish you would have came back Marcus Freeman's first year to have a true outside dominant threat, but Hey, took a gamble on himself and we'll see how it plays out here. All right. So the six 2022 Notre Dame undrafted free agents, uh, Kurt Heinisch to Houston, Kevin Austin, Jr. Jacksonville, Drew White, uh, the Washington Commanders. Is that what they are? It's the Commanders, right? Not the Generals. Commanders. Yeah. I, I oh, yeah, you're right. Maybe it is Generals. <laughs> I think it's Commanders. I love the football team. The football team grew on me. I just thought that was fun and unique. Um, my, if you're yeah, just my little brother grew up a huge Redskin fan growing up. So hey, it's like still Tim, stuck on that. Can't yeah. say that. I know. <laughs> Sorry for YouTube and podcasts if I just blared in your ear. Um, I, that was in that was in jest. Um, if you're if you're with us live, make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Uh, appreciate you guys. Fun show lined up, but we'll we'll be going about another forty minutes or so. Um, let's see. Uh, Drew White, the uh, Washington um, football commanding team. Um, Myron Tongavlo, Amosa, Las Vegas Raiders. That just feels like a perfect fit. Uh, Jack Cohn to Indianapolis feels like a perfect fit as well. I think Jack Cohn's going to play in the NFL for a while. I think, I don't know if he'll play much, but I think he'll be in the NFL. Um, I think as a solid, uh, number three, you know, scout team guy, he's just a smart person and a good locker room guy. And then Isaiah Pryor getting a shot with new Orleans Pryor just never quite could find a spot in Notre Dame's rotation, Tim, but just something about him that still just feel like there's something there. You just watch him like he looks like a dude, such a great high school recruit, you know, IMG Academy to Ohio state to Notre Dame. Um, his dad played at Iowa. I want to say Richard Pryor, um, not the, was he a comedian? Yeah. Not the comedian. <laughs> yeah. Not the comedian. That That's obviously you know, I'm a little too yeah. good to, to know him, yeah. but um, I like prayer. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's just—I just feel like there's some games happen to it, something. Yeah, there's a handful of games you just see ten just explode on the field at times, and he's got it. He's got those combine numbers that 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 speed. I, uh, fingers, I, I I like him. I always thought yeah. he was good, good, good guy. I was hoping he would come back, and I thought he would be awesome in this defense. But he may be one of those special teams guys that hang around for about a dozen years because of his athleticism. Yeah. Uh, Chris just made a good comment. Pryor still got that five-star pedigree. Um, yeah, he, he does. And he's got a degree from Ohio State and Notre Dame. So um, good got for him. That. Okay, 14 undrafted Irish free agents on NFL rosters in 2021. Josh Adams, running back Saints. Alex Bars, offensive lineman Bears. Uh, Scott Daly, Detroit Lions. Uh, Jalen Elliott, safety Detroit Lions. Chris Fink. Kansas City Chiefs last year, and I believe he just got picked up by the Bears. Um, so he'll, he'll get a shot there. J.J. Jansen, long snapper, Carolina Panthers, Shamir Jones, defensive lineman, Jacksonville Jaguars. Tony Jones Jr. with the Saints. Tommy Kramer, offensive lineman, Detroit Lions. 
Nick McLeod, defensive back, Buffalo Bills. Javon McKinley is a receiver with the Lions. Lions love Notre Dame. Sam Mustafer, um, center with the Bears. Romeo Quara, linebacker, Detroit Lions. And another Lion, Brock Wright, um, who played with the Irish as a tight end from 17 to 20. So, um, yeah, Notre Dame. No, I was going to say, I mean, you mentioned the Lions. There's a couple of years where the Chargers had four or five. The Vikings one year, I think, had seven, yeah. seven Irish Char- on it. So there's always a handful. Chargers had what? Tranquil. They had, um, who's the guy? Uh, Tillery, Isaac Brown. Rochelle. Isaac Rochelle, yeah, yeah. And they had, I think they even had a guy on the practice squad. They had like four. It seemed, oh, Manti Teo was on the there team you go. too for a year. So, yeah, they had a handful. There's always All a few right. that have a boatload of Irish guys. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, Lions right now. Not the most glamorous place to play football, but hey, it's you're, you're playing NFL ball. So, yeah, um, get paid. Yeah. Notre Dame would love to have a fantastic relationship with Detroit. They, they really want this quarterback from there in the 2023 class. We'll talk about in a bit, um, but uh, we will move along. So, Tim, you've watched, as you mentioned at the top of the show, you've watched the spring game back. You said six times. Um, <laughs> Yeah, give or take. Hey, it's background noise there on Peacock, right? So any big takeaways before we dive into rapid fire position by position grades? And any big takeaways from your six or, or six or so viewings afterwards that maybe you didn't see in the initial viewing live that we talked about in our live show afterwards? Yeah, number one, I mean I've I mean, your favorite football player. I thought I thought Joe Alt was the best football player on the field. And I'm not is, saying that because you're here. Is, is Joe Alt my favorite football player or is it Angeli? I don't know. Talk about that for another day. Hopefully it's Joe Alt because he's going he's gonna to have some NFL money here coming coming up. He, I'm, I'm telling he's you. He's not sending it to me, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> he, looked, he looked two years older. He really did. His jump from last year to this spring is, was, was very, very huge on film. Good football player, fundamentally sound, obviously, last year. I made the comment on on our message board. He played scared. And I said that in a good way, as in, he's just not messing up. He's like, I was just a four-string guy a week ago. So I'm going to step the right place. I'm going to block the right guy. I'm going to make sure I don't screw up. In the spring game, he looked like, you know, he looked like a guy with some attitude out there. He had a couple pin blocks on Maris Leofau, and he had one on Tuli Alamaca where he just, just, pins the living heck out of them with with anger and a little violence and you can just see the the maturity already in one year where he now knows i'm the dude i'm the left tackle at notre dame i'm going to be an nfl draft pick and i'm going to play like that and work like that And i just thought that was so noticeable popping off on the film and um and then as the next guy i I would say that really surprised me was was jack kaiser he's you know he's just one of those guys that God, he's all over the place. 24 was everywhere. Every time he's on the field, he's making a football play. And, you know, he's he's impressive. I'll be curious to see if he's a captain this year. Yeah, I, I thought he had an outstanding spring game. All right. So, so we'll go best players. Okay. We'll go position by position. You give a grade um, from what you saw in your uh, 28 viewings of the <laughs> spring game. <laughs> we'll start. Uh, there, there's an order that I always go in when you talk about positions. Mm-hmm. Start on offense, quarterback. What's your grade? Well, D overall, but that's probably an overreaction. You know, I'm not a. I mean, we 
me personally, and going back and rewatching it, I think, yeah, I give it a C minus. How's that? I think the overreaction to Pine was a little overkill. Okay, so I what mean, what did you see? What like what did you see from him that you know he, it wasn't as bad as maybe people thought? Well, number one, he's clearly the number two. I know uh, people think in Jelly this has been a hot topic on the board and you know articles written about it. Drew Pine's number two. I mean, number one, his last two drives in the first half, he takes them on a 80 yard drive for a touchdown. And in 50 seconds, he goes from the 25 or the 25 to the 30 in 50 seconds sets up for a field goal that they miss. And um, so he, those two things were pretty impressive. His early outings early on, you know, he struggled, but you know what? The, the first play of the game, he's got a touchdown to Michael Mayer and Bauman whiffs on a block. Mills gets the sack. Everyone's praising Riley Mills. No, the darn tight end doesn't even block him for crying out loud. First play of the game. He's got a false stop start on a, with Caleb Johnson, which is a false start by, man, it's like, it's so close. It's, it doesn't even look like a false start. It's so close. He's picking up a blitz on the outside and he throws a perfect touchdown pass of what, 25 plus yards right over. I hate to say it right over Cameron Lewis. Don't want to bring up Oklahoma state. And Mayer just mosses him right over the top for a touchdown. Guess what? None of those count. None of those count. And I just thought it was a little overkill. He struggled a little bit. But in rewatching, there's about there's a handful of times you see the TV. He's running over the sideline. He's throwing off his wrist wristband to the other team because he's got to run back to the other sideline and get the other one. You know, and uh, he did struggle. He struggled throwing some of the deep balls. His underneath throws, he was really sharp on those through some nice screens. I just thought it was a little, a little overkill. And as you watch it and you grade it a little bit, you know, he's, he's throwing to walk on tight ends and wide receivers that are just running all over the place. Well, damn, so, Tim, do you want to give him an A plus now? Like what, or what do you, I don't, want to give him an a, I don't want to give him an A plus because he did have a few overthrows and there was, I mean, the one interception to Walters that gets called back, was a horrible throw. It's like, what are you, where, you know, where are you throwing it to? I'm just trying to say he's not an F. He shouldn't transfer. He shouldn't have every quarterback jump him. He he's going to go into camp as a solid number two with game experience last year, and I think I think he solidified that. Yeah. When you watch it a little closer, I'm just going to throw something out there um, because our blue gold game show. I got a lot of emails from people who have my email, so here's my email. M, as you know, for my first name, Mike, M Singer at blueandgold.com. Shoot me an email. Tell me what you think about stuff. Tell me what you think about the show. Tell me what you think about what we could do better, what you love. I had people after the Blue Gold game tell me that I was too high on Drew Pine. Um, I had people tell me that I was not high enough on Drew Pine. I had people tell me, you love Buckner way too much. I had people tell me I hate Buckner. So. I just find your guys' emails hysterical, um, and, and I love you guys. But <laughs> I guess I'm the biggest lover and hater um, of everything Notre Dame football. But um, it's besides the point. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when you look at the numbers, and I did mention this, and they still haven't corrected this if you're, if you're watching on YouTube. And Jelly is listed on the blue team as 0 for 4. He threw one pass one for pass. the blue team. It was yeah. one pass. So three of those – Incompletions. He did throw one. It was a Lindsey or a uh, Salerno drop. So Pine actually went. What's thirteen plus nine? Was that twenty-two of twenty? What six? Twenty or twenty-two of thirty-six? 
Mm-hmm. For whatever 129 plus 56 is, was that 185 or something like that? One touchdown, two picks. It's not that bad when you just look at the numbers. Like it's really not. I've seen we've seen a lot worse. Um, so yeah, it's just, it just wasn't that bad. Was it not good? Yes, it was not it good. Wasn't, but it wasn't awful. I agree. I agree. You know, he was inaccurate a few times, and it's like. But who isn't inaccurate a few times? I mean, every quarterback's going to throw some. Exactly. Bad and balls. that's going back to the overreaction and the overreaction on the board, the overreaction in the on the YouTube comments where I'm chatting with people in the comments here on the on our video. And it, it, it was a little it was a little overkill. It really was. And I know <laughs> Angeli's on the cover of Blue and Gold, as we showed. I think it's a little overkill on his performance. He, he, he threw two passes past 10 yards, Mike. Two passes. I mean, One was a play action to a walk-on tight end on a drag, and he has a walk-on wide receiver, Radican, wide open, and he overthrows him by 15 yards. Wide open for a touchdown, and he overthrows him. In. And I thought a telltale on Angeli was they had a third down on his second time in the game, and it's a spring game, and they run a draw. You know, I think his first six plays, he had five runs and one pass, and the pass was a hitch. So, and even on the game-winning drive, he only threw the ball past 10 yards. I don't think he even threw I, I was I was starting him. I don't think he threw a pass past 10 yards on that last drive. So, But you got to you know, use the context that he's an early and early true freshman. This is Pine's third year. True. I mean – Sure, but it's a two-minute drill, end of a thing. It's He's playing with you a bunch of young guys like him You did well. mention a good point. It was a two-minute drill. Yes. I'm just going to play something for you. Yes. Six seconds left. Angeli rolling out on the move. He pumps. He'll run for the end zone. Dive for the pylon. It's a touchdown. Steve Angeli, as time runs out, wins oh, the now, now I want everyone to go back and rewatch there and uh, tell me how hard Riley Mills played on that snap. <laughs> he, he just hangs out and just gives up a little bit. But I would love to. I would love if we could play it, but NBC yeah. will hey, give me copyright. It was, a, it was a good drive. And so whatnot, NBC, it, don't take that down if I because yeah, use your audio. <laughs> calm down. It was a no. It was a it was a good drive, and obviously as a freshman, went out there and made that as you. As we did our live show, a boring game, a lot of fun at the end of the game. So, all right, I thought you know the quarterback was an overkill. All right, C minus. This is not rapid fire, by the way. If uh, we were doing a PTI show where it's like you know you get a minute on a topic, we uh, we went overboard a little bit. Okay, running back. What's your grade? B B plus. You know, number. You know, I'd say a B because Diggs gets hurt. You know, is he going to be back to start this season? You know. Chris Tyree has a great run on a counter, and then we don't see him the rest of the game. So no need. did he get dinged? Exactly. He get dinged up. We don't know. Played obviously as you know, Audric estimates a tank. So I really, I really hope he gets a lot of carries this year. What's a lot I feel like he uh, bounced outside a lot for a bruising back. He sure did yeah, bounce outside. You that's always that? been his yeah, that's always been his thing. I remember when he was getting recruited, some of the people were always talking about that. He wants to bounce it, but man. But he has a couple off tackle runs behind Fisher and Lug. Fisher and Lug, by the way, are, I mean they're going to be a, one of the best right right side tandems in America if both stay healthy. They're they had some really good blocks. Yeah, yeah. estimate go downhill and go, you know, and uh, you know, Jaden you know, Price is going to be a good football player. Yeah. He's, I mean, they got four backs. So if there's a guy that's dinged up, not ready to go, it's going to be next man in there. And I, 
I don't think they're going to miss a, a beat, so to speak, with some of these guys. Yep. And uh, receiver, Tim? Can we just go incomplete until we don't see guys we've never seen before play? Um, it's, you know what, they J- Jaden Thomas was obviously solid. You know, Lindsey Lindsay had a great back shoulder play. You know, Colsey needs to step. I mean, Colsey needs to just be like, I, I, I'm here. What, what was he, the 100th ranked player in the country, 105? He's a highly ranked that. football player. Go be a dude. He needs to go out there and dominate and be a guy. So it, it's incomplete. It's incomplete until we see this whole group is together. Yeah. Leading receiver for the gold team, Jadarian Price, eight receptions, wow. 104 yards, touchdown. Re- leading receiver for the blue team, Logan Diggs. Um, wow. So, yeah, yeah. Your six leading receivers, three on gold team, Price, Jaden Thomas, Connor Radigan, blue team, Logan Diggs, Matt Salerno, Dion Colsey. Um, yeah, two for eight. So, at least in re- receptions, I should say. Um, so, but, uh, but, you know, but at the same time, there wasn't a lot of spread. There's not a lot of deep passes. Very, I mean, there's a handful of passes past 10, 15 yards in that game. I they kept it really short. I almost wish – Maybe it wouldn't be good for recruiting purposes, but like, what's the good? What what good comes out of this spring game? It's so vanilla. It's like, all right, here's a showcase to your fans, and then your fans just complain about the whole damn thing. It's like, <laughs> what's the point? Peacock money? I, I don't know, whatever. But tight or no fullbacks, Tim? Do we have any fullback action? Oh, yeah, fullback, fullback, fullbacks. Well, who was it? Uh, what forty was out there, right? Is that the fullback? So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, tight ends. <laughs> no full, but you know what? Tight tight ends. Obviously, they have the best one in the country. The rest of them, you know what? And you know, we talked about this on a podcast where I thought, you know, who's going to be the number two tight end? I don't know. I still don't know after watching that game. I thought, I mean, Bauman got hurt again and um, whiffed on a few blocks. I thought Evans eighty eight needs to realize that you're allowed to hit people at tight end. I. I, I just don't think he's that physical. So tight end, the number two tight end, because I think Michael Mayer is the best receiver on the team. They have to flex him out unless they're just not going to even waste their time with the number two tight end. Unless one of these is a true go-to guy in Bauman and Evans. I was a little, I was a little surprised with their performance, to tell you the truth. Yeah, will be interesting. No, I'm, I don't know. Yeah, no, it, it is. They need a number two. And George Bauman, Tack is leaving. Bauman is a good, I feel like he could be a good blocking tight end. Um, yeah, but he got dinged up again, and it's like they got they they have to find a number two. Takas was that guy, but obviously he wants to go be a one. He wants to go be the guy that's going to go run the routes and catch yeah. fifty passes for BC. So yeah. I understand why he left. Kane uh, Bron, if Kane Bron comes back healthy, he's still a receiving tight end. Mm-hmm. Evans is big, but I mean in high school he was a quarterback and a punter. Yep. He played a little bit of tight end as a junior, but really he's a quarterback and a punter. So. A little adjustment there to the position. Yeah. But did you actually give a grade for the tight ends, Tim? I'll go. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. See, I, okay. I, you know, just because of Michael Mayer, the rest of them, I thought were really. I thought it was. I, I was very disappointed because that's something I was really interested in going into spring football. Is who who is going to be that number two? They give them the Troy Nicholas back in his days with Eifert. He's in line, and they can flex Tyler Eifert out. I was hoping that Notre Dame could do that this year with Michael Mayer. Keep a all guy right. in the box and, and uh, bounce out Michael. All right, we do have to go rapid fire so we can hit all of our sure. topics. Offensive line. The starting five is going to be legit. 
the easy as that starting five. A lot of the big plays were over the walk-on number 53 and Caleb Johnson, Blake Fisher played his tail off all. Like I said, I think all was the best player in the spring game on both sides to me, Rocco Spindler, I thought play was the best guard. Okay. I really did. I thought he was a solid guard. And uh, so if he's the left guard, they're going to, or Christophic, but at the right side, if Lug could stay healthy with, with Blake Fisher, that right side is going to be dominant. Uh, do you, uh, so what, A? You're not giving me grades, Tim. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about that. Uh, the starting five with the with the backups, they're going to, okay. it's going to be an A minus. They're going to be good. Defensive line. Oh, man. A. A for depth. They got dudes all over the place. You know, we talked about them a ton. The biggest surprise was 90. Aaronsberger, who played solid, really showed a lot of flashes in that game. Foskey didn't. Foskey didn't really didn't even do anything. He just hung out a little bit. So probably just taking his time, which is fine. And obviously Mills was the, the stud of the whole group during the spring game. So that group has to go win football games for Notre Dame in 2022. Okay. Um, yeah, linebackers. Uh, linebacker, you know what? I'll give him a B plus. I'll give him a, a solid B plus. Tuli Alamaka was solid. Maris flashes a little bit. I thought he got blocked head up a bunch in the run game. And then Kaiser, Jordan Botello, two outstanding uh, rovers. They're going to have some good depth with those two guys right there. And then the big surprise was the way uh, Ziegler, we talked about this live, the way uh, Ziegler played inside at Mike for a true freshman. I thought he played really well. Yeah. Prince Collie is just going to be a, a stud the more reps he gets. Yep, Ziegler, a wide receiver in safety in high school. Um, I mean, just months ago, we're talking, you know, catching three player. touchdowns in the state title game and yeah. playing safety. And yeah, now he's a Mike linebacker at Notre Dame. So there you go. Right. Um, yeah, let's just go defensive backs as a whole. Um, as a, the the surprise, I loved them. I thought, you know, what, you know, what's a grade for the group? Well, they didn't have to defend anything past 15 <laughs> yards in the game. So it was easy as could be. So. True. You know, you give them an incomplete because the receivers are incomplete because no one got challenged in that game, you know, whatsoever. But I'll give that a solid B plus because they didn't get challenged. A B plus because the young guys, the young, those six guys we've talked about, the two freshmen and early guys and the four uh, sophomores to be, Riley, Barnes, uh, Walters, and uh, I love Tucker in the game. There's Those six young guys showed out and showed a lot of promise moving forward for Notre Dame. Yeah, great. Um, little parting gift Clark Lee left. Some of those 21 defensive backs, Barnes, yeah. Tucker. Um, Chance Tucker, really, I mean, Clark Lee had a huge impact on him committing to the Irish. Um, I want to bring up this comment from Chris Ayers. Does Burnham have that action figure build? He really does. Like Josh Burnham's a beast. I got to see him when I was in South Bend. Um, dude's massive. Kicking game, great. Tim. Kicking kick, uh, special teams. Yeah. Yeah, let's just score touchdowns, right? Let's just score touchdowns. You know, hopefully they could have a guy kick off to the end zone. You know, the the punter was a what a walk on goalie, I think, and uh, off the soccer team. But uh, you know, their their punters coming from Harvard, and uh, obviously the McPherson's coming in. So the kicking, <laughs> the field goal kicking was bad. There's no other way around it. So it was bad. They did make they did make a couple. So we'll give them a what a a C minus cause they made a couple. So we'll go from yeah, there. Made one Blake groupie <laughs> hit from 36 oh, gotcha. yards. Then he missed from 41. 
Josh Bryan missed from 48 and 37. So, Couple yeah, you, you, you got to knock him in between in, inside of 40. But Without for college doubt. kickers, hitting outside of 40, I think for the most part it's about a 50-50 proposition. Mm-hmm. But you got to knock him in inside, inside of 40. So that that's kind of where I stand on kicking. Um, um, Blake Rupi has played a lot of football. I'm not I'm not worried about him. Yeah, the punting will be fine. Um, yes, exactly. You did have Chris Salerno, who's going to be a sophomore, punt to Matt Salerno, a punt returner. So I think that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, a little, uh, little brother there, a little crespy silts. There you go. There you go. Um, okay, so I think that's pretty much everything. Do we have anything else that you wanted to cover that we didn't talk about about the uh, blue-gold game, Tim? No, you know, uh, uh, just uh, uh, real quick, 30 seconds. The reason why every, I, I thought Alt was the best football player, five for five against Isaiah Foskey and one-on-one pass pro, five for five, just stood up Foskey five times. That was that was my reason why he was player of the game. He was outstanding. And Foskey was not just chilling over there. Right. He was he was trying to get around Alt, and Alt beat him to the punch. And you could see a lot of different technique and watching last year's film to this year, what they're doing online. And we'll get into that down the road with what he stands doing up front. Okay. Good stuff. Very noticeable. All right. We're going to move into some recruiting discussion. Um, my area of expertise, um, as often as, as we often do, we talk about a, our cover three article um, that we ran at Notre Dame that runs every Wednesday. And this live show of course goes on Wednesdays. Um, so, um, this week's headline, will Notre Dame's 2023 class rank higher than 2022, uh, cover three, meaning three of our staff members answer this question. Um, you guys can read the article. Um, <laughs> got a funny super chat in, um, starting three says, uh, and the username checks out there, Joe plus alt plus Dell. That's, that's kind of funny. Um, Joe Walton and, and yeah, Dell. Okay, there you go. Um, will Notre Dame's 2023 class rank higher than 2022's class? You can read this entire article. Um, really good insight from Ashton Pollard and uh, Patrick Angle. They they did it such a good job on it that I I was like, look, I'll just kind of make my angle simple here. I said yes, but barely. They will sign a better class the 2022 class ranked number six in the country per the 2022 on three consensus team recruiting ranking um tim i've said this before i feel like that 2022 class was really good but like not elite level like it was really it's like a really good b plus a minus if you're feeling happy and then it was the best class they've signed on paper since 2013 um and it just feels like twenty third this twenty twenty three class is off to an even better start. Um, so I say yes, but man, it's tough to sign a top five class because to sign a top five class, there are other really good teams that you're gonna have to beat out. So I think A and M's gonna be with, with their NIL right now and how they're recruiting. I think um, they're gonna be uh, a top five every single year. It, the way things are going right now. And then you got to say Alabama, Georgia, probably every year. So there's, there's three. Um, and then you're looking at, you know, four or five 
get programs like Oklahoma, Clemson, USC, Notre Dame, LSU. Can they, you know, all these programs are vying for top five. I do think Notre Dame will get right at number five. Maybe they have the same at number six, but I think it might be a better score than last year's class. So uh, I have Notre Dame finishing in the four to eight range, Tim. Um, What do you think? Well, you know, two are going to be up there in Georgia and Alabama. So, you know, that, I mean, those two guys, but if, if Notre Dame is lower than last year, then they went over on a lot of guys or, or the top just cleaned up or, you know, yeah, but they, but they, but they kind of, but Notre you know, the one thing about Notre Dame and their commits right now is that in the past, they would have a couple for, you know, a Tyson Ford, who's top 100 type players. And then they have a boatload of three stars. They got some dudes this year. They got some nationally ranked guys this year that already laid the foundation for, I mean, you got Peyton Bowen. If he stays what top 50, Keon Keeley's what top 10. I mean, you're, I mean, you're already going there. So, and I mean, Traore's, you know, top 100 and on and on and on. So with their lowest guy is, is Pendleton, but, but they may get three top 50 offensive linemen when it's all said and done, if, if they could get a couple of these guys. So if they're lower than number one, that means they didn't get Dante Moore. You know, if, I mean, he's a five-star quarterback. If he comes to Notre Dame, Notre Dame is, and then you get great house and you get Jason Moore, you get, once again, high end, high end guys. That's got to solidify you in a top three, Ooh. four, top at the bottom. I mean, it's, I mean, it's Texas, Texas A&M can't sign eight, five-star D linemen this year. <laughs> like that, you know, they can't, you know, unless they're just dishing out money and guys are going to take money and then transfer in six months. But I mean, Br- Brennan Vernon, Vernon is forgotten. It seems like all the time. And he's one of the top 100 players in the country. James, great house. You're going to get two of the top 125 receivers. If, if they all get said great and done. house. What's that? If they get great house. Yeah. Exactly. If they get great house. So you got two premier ones there. So running backs, middle of the pack, you know, they're not going to get a high end running back, you know, uh, here at Notre Dame, but uh, top three, top four, I, I think, because that means they got Dante Moore. If they're below six, and they struck out big time on Monroe Freeling, Dante Moore, Great House. You know, I mean, you know a handful of these guys already. Yeah. I'm going to give a little tease. On Monday, I'll have an article. Um, I, I have the gold standard out each Monday. It's my kind of big insider piece of the week, as well as you know, I do Lucky Charms nightly, Monday through Thursday. Lucky Charms tonight, by the way, will be really good. That dollar for a year deal will be worth it just for um, tonight's article. Will be, uh, it's a good one. A couple of big Notre Dame targets, scheduling June official visits. Um, but yeah, my Monday Gold Standard article will be a new mock class where I – you talked about mock drafts earlier and how they're just a crapshoot. <laughs> you know, I, I last did a mock draft in the middle of February – and my mock draft that I'm going to do Monday is not that much different. Notre Dame is still really in the mix for these top-of-the-board guys. Um, and many of them I have predictions logged for. Predictions are nice. Closing is a, is a totally different deal, so Notre Dame will need to close on these top guys and keep Keeley and Bowen. You 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 bring up really good points. I mean, Absher's highly ranked. Jagasaw's probably going to be a five-star if they land these guys is yep. the big question. And then 
potentially your lowest ranked guys, Preston Zinter, right now his national ranking is 419. As and I'm learning this at on three. On three's you know rivals is different. How they do their star rankings and all this stuff is different. 419 is a three star right now in the consensus mm-hmm. ranking, which is what we're always going to use. On three has its own rankings. It's 25 percent of the consensus. Uh, the on three consensus ranking. Um, which also uses ESPN 24-7 rivals all equally. So that's what we're going to use. If four if he stays at 419 at the end of the cycle, that's a four-star. So that would mean your lowest player is a four-star. Ten yeah. of the 11 Notre Dame commits right now, four-star. I mean, it's it's going to end up a really good class. I mean, yes. it, it might not have a single three-star. That sounds crazy, Tim. Um, oh, it, no, it's completely class. crazy. You just look at Brian Kelly would load up on three stars. They've had great three stars. They've had three stars be all Americans and whatnot. They've so, had some really good ones, but they Notre Dame would settle. And I don't think Marcus Freeman, as you know, in your, in your nightly lucky charms that you're throwing out that are like, he's not settling at all. So last year's class signed three, three stars per the on three consensus. Steve Angeli. Bull, you know what? Um, Donovan Heinish and, and Bryce McPherson. Oh, and Ashton Craig. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I just feel like 2022 didn't have that star power, but man, those are good class. Probably. Like someone like Ty Chan or Holden Stays or um, I would say Jadarian Price and Jaden Mickey, but those guys had such great springs. Maybe be overlooked, but I mean, they're good players. Um, but uh, but going back to one of your points about they could be more points this year, highly ranked. But SE, you know, SE is going to get a lot of dudes this year. They just they are. That, they are. That's they're that's the thing I'm talking about. Like SC yeah. is going to recruit Clemson, Bama, Bama, and Georgia are going to automatically be in there because. They're just they're they're machines, and they're gonna get those SEC dudes down there. SC USC is gonna get some really yeah. good football players this year, and then you got the A and M factor now, and and so, Texas. Yeah. So here's the top ten from the um, twenty twenty two cycle in order: A and M, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, Texas, Notre Dame. There at six, Penn State seven, Oklahoma eight, Michigan nine, and North Carolina was ten. Where's Clemson? Oregon's recruiting really well right now. LSU. I mean, Bayou Bryan is, I mean, they're still recruiting pretty well. Tennessee, they've got a five-star quarterback. Um, So I feel like some of these programs are, uh, are, are, are it's, just, it's, it's going to be tough for Notre Dame. So they obviously have to recruit at a higher level, but I guess my yeah. like Notre Dame does. But my point is, I think some of these other programs are going to be like USC USC's and the LSU one. are USC's two. The one. Exactly. USC is the one that's not in that top 10 that's going to jump. They are. Okay. They're going to get some dudes out West. All right. And they're but, putting but, the heck out of Texas. So you think three or four, I think yeah. five or six. I'm a little bit more pessimistic, but uh, well, the key, the key is that young man in Detroit. The key who? is the, Oh, there you go. Right. Look at that. Look at that. On point. On point. And, so uh, that's the key. That's the key right here, Tim. I report on Dante Moore so much and take so many questions. I, it's like hard for me even to remember what the latest is. It seems like it's a four-team race, and the recruiting prediction machine 
my favorite thing about on three. Some people don't like it, but you know what? <laughs> when, when people tell me they don't like the, the on three RPM, I also say, you know what? My dad thought um, smartphones were stupid. He wanted a flip phone forever <laughs> until one Christmas I bought him an iPhone. And now he sits at work as a security guard and he's on his phone and watches YouTube literally all day long. So, you know, you'll, you'll come around to it's what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, on three RPM, it's got Notre Dame as the favorite 49.1% LSU, 24.4% Oregon, 13.1% Miami, 4.4. It's, it's just a tool for fans to use, to be like, where might my team be standing for a recruit? There are some players who Notre Dame is like a heavy favorite for uh, per the RPM, who Notre Dame's not even really recruiting. So you got to take this thing with a grain of salt, obviously. No one's saying that Notre Dame definitely has a 49.1% chance of lead. No, we're not. It's it's just a, a tool and something for us to talk about. So anyways, so those are the four teams it looks like uh, are the main factors for Dante Moore. He's taken officials to uh, LSU and Oregon. He unofficially visited Miami in April. Obviously, he unofficially visited Notre Dame at the end of March. Texas A&M, school we just talked about here recently, they're picking up um, their pursuit of him on three at an article that, that you can find um, on Dante Moore's uh, profile here, um, written by Chad Simmons. Um, thoughts on this recruitment, Tim? But- yeah, but then a and yeah, I found that interesting with A&M. They signed a five-star quarterback last year, so... It's so did LSU, or I think. Well, LSU has Walker Howard. Oregon, who did Oregon sign last year? Um, Well, they have Bo Nix. So they have Thompson from like two years ago, the five star that's there. And obviously, LSU's got Walker Howard from last year, who was an early enrollee. So, no, I mean, there's quarterbacks galore. I mean, at a a bunch of these schools. No, I mean, he's, he's the one. The fact, you know, he's visited two. He keeps saying he's gonna rec- he's gonna do five officials. So where's that fifth? Is that gonna be A and M? Maybe. Is Michigan completely? Is he just not even interested in Michigan anymore? Is that kind of the feel out there? Because you don't see anything about Michigan. Nothing about unofficials to Michigan. Pains anymore. me to say, was- Tim. I don't think Michigan is a big factor anymore. It pains me to say. I I mean, here's the thing. I think Notre Dame is Dante Moore's number one school. And I think it's a discussion for folks about who's the number one. One week it seems like Oregon. One week it seems like Miami. Now it seems like LSU is the trendy big contender. Is that to say that Notre Dame's a lock to land him? No, it's it's not. But I, I still believe that he is a Notre Dame lean right now. Um, and how is LSU? I mean, obviously you've talked to sources and things of that nature. Is that... And I, I always got to feel like he wasn't a Brian Kelly guy from reading some of the stuff from before, you know, because because Michigan was always the favorite with Josh Gaddis, obviously now at Miami. So now it always seemed like Notre Dame was two. Brian Kelly leaves. They bounce up the number one you know, from all the predictions. Now LSU's up there. And I'm just like, really, LSU? I don't know. The, <laughs> the feeling for much of Moore's recruitment was that he's a Midwest guy. He's going to stay in the Midwest. Yeah. So then you look at this five, yep. Notre Dame, LSU, nope. Oregon, Miami, Texas A&M. In the words of the great Taylor Swift, one of these things is not like the other. So <laughs> if he's going to – I mean, if he's staying in the Midwest and those are your five, you think it's Notre Dame. But I just – I feel like Dante Moore's recruitment 
going into March, took this shift from, you know, this regional prospect who's, you know, got all these offers to like this national elite prospect with all of the eyeballs on him. I don't know what it was, um, but there just seemed like a shift where he was looking at Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, and Ohio State to let's take a broad look at recruiting. That's why I just feel like at the end of it, he's going to go back to his roots. And I love cold weather quarterbacks playing at Notre Dame. Steve Angeli's a New Jersey guy. Um, Dante Moore is a Detroit guy. I like personally for me, I mean, Tyler Buckner seems to be doing well with the cold. So, you know, he's a, I, he, I guess he's an exception. Um, and obviously there's plenty of uh, warm weather quarterbacks who've done well at Notre Dame. That's just my preference. Sure. I, I just think Dante Moore, you know, I think he's just, Notre Dame's where he wants to be at the end of this. I, I just think there's a lot of, you're a five-star, take your time. Like, we were hearing a lot, Tim. Yeah. He was going to commit early, March, April. But I just think as that profile has grown for him, I think a lot of people say, hey, why rush? Take your official visits. They're free. Have fun. Go see LSU. Go have my – what was it, Tim? I'm rambling now. Marcus Freeman, when he did that Chris Zorich interview – Last summer, I think he said, quote, about recruits, go take a visit to LSU because you're like, then you're going to come here. And if you're a Notre Dame guy, like if you belong here, you're going to pick us. So I kind of see this as the same thing. He's going to go to LSU or he already did. Like he took his LSU official visit. He took his Oregon official visit. He's still uncommitted. I mean, if he saves Notre Dame for that June 10th weekend, potentially, and they get the last one, that could be pretty big. True. Um, so, all right, there's my rant, saving the best for the last here hour into the show. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's lot, my Dante Moore rant. Yeah. And, you know, the 32nd parlay off of that is if, you know, like you're saying, the original Midwest, Michigan, Gaddis leaves, Michigan state takes a commit early. Um, and then Ohio state's got a bunch of guys. So they're Ohio state's probably not going to take one this year. Cause they're going to go all in on, you know, what a, a Riola out of uh, Phoenix for next year and, ne- and next year's uh, recruiting class, it looks like. So, and he's bouncing around. You got a bunch of quarterbacks have already committed and Dante Moore's like, well, you know, I'm going to go see what's out there. Profile name, image, likeness, those types of things. His profile is going to now, you just said it is bumping up national. The same with the, what is it, Rashada, the big the big quarterback out of uh, the Oakland yep. area, Pittsburgh, Northern yep. California. Yep. The Pittsburgh, same thing California. with him. His profile is starting to go around. On three's been talking about how Eli Manning is a Texas, Georgia. There's been a Arch lot Manning. of Eli, <laughs> Arch Arch Manning. Eli Manning. I'm thinking Eli Manning because he was just at Notre Dame with his uh, with Peyton during a you know they're doing that stuff for their show next year. He's, Eli's fresh in my brain, but um, yeah, with Arch going there, which means now Bama's focusing their their quarterback on that with a kid out of Louisiana that Alabama's all over. So he's the one high profile guy, and I think him and the the guy out of northern Northern California, those two, you know, who whoever goes first, it's gonna be it's a bidding war. It, it may be for him, you know. Yeah, for folks wondering who Notre Dame's backup option is, my answer is, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, I don't know if Notre Dame really has one uh, no, top it's... of mind. it's. Uh, I think it's Dante Moore, maybe Avery Johnson. Eh, you know, like 
possibly, um, but I think it's um, I think it's Dante Moore, maybe transfer, maybe Avery Johnson or or bust. Um, they they flipped some quarterbacks in the past. Obviously, Brian Kelly's flipped a handful of quarterbacks during his tenure, but right now it doesn't seem like. I mean, they're not talking to any quarterbacks, so anyone that they would flip, they would have to be a, a major flip. Uh, to open up communications with some guys, you know, they're not going to flip, you know, Nelson, they're not going to flip the high end guys. You're going to go in the teens and probably have to flip a guy. If, if, if he goes to Oregon LSU, you know, let's say, but uh, I'm with you. I'm just sitting here like, Hey, let, you know, let the, let the young man go out there, do his thing. And at the end of the day, take a deep breath and realize, you know what? I, you know, name image likeness being a Notre Dame quarterback is pretty, uh, pretty good at the end of the day. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we just watched on YouTube uh, some uh, Dante Moore clips. So, yeah, saving the best for last. But um, good discussion. Um, we're we're hour and five minutes into the show, so we'll go ahead and wrap this up. If you're just now joining us on YouTube, go ahead and you can watch this replay of this back. Start from the beginning. Listen via podcast. I'll get this up on uh, all the podcast channels um, uh, on Wednesday night. Really appreciate you guys. We will be back. Next Wednesday, I think Tim want to do six six p.m. Eastern, so we yes. will we'll we'll be back uh, next Wednesday. Maybe between then we'll have a new commitment video to post. Maybe I don't nice. know. Oh, we did just get a, a super chat, so um a uh, 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 twenty. So we will we'll definitely take this. Appreciate the super chat, Chris. He says, um, "Hi guys, it was best said that this is the new Notre Dame, and that Michigan could take all the three stars, Notre Dame." It's now fishing in the big pond with other top programs. And as Notre Dame fans, we are not used to it, but the top three to four teams deal with this every year. Tim? Yep. Exactly. I mean, I mean, recruiting's uh Marcus Freeman says it, you know, it's every day. It's every day. One of his interviews he did, it's like recruit, recruit, recruit when he was at Peacock and Notre Dame, you know, had a fundraiser day and he was doing an interview with someone the other day that's on YouTube for everyone to go watch on the official uh, college, uh, you know, the, the university page. And someone asked him a question. He's like, I got to go recruit. I got recruits to go call. So he's on it. I mean, he, he put the pressure on himself on that, you know, when he got introduced that he's going to be the lead recruiter on all the dudes. And, and you talk to these guys, Mike, and they all say they're talking to Marcus Freeman along with the position coach. And it's going to bode well. And he's going after guys and, you know, I, it's it's awesome to see a Notre Dame head football coach going out there working his tail off. All right, here's a little insight to my job as a recruiting reporter. When Brian Kelly was head coach, when a kid visited Notre Dame or was being recruited by Notre Dame, it was not a guarantee at all that Brian Kelly had talked to the young man, even on a visit. I know. I I I, I told a story on the message board. There was a Notre Dame commit who visited. And it was after a game, and Brian Kelly walked by the recruit and just kind of gave him a little nod, acknowledgement nod, but like a nod of like, I don't really know who you are, but we made eye contact, so I'm going to nod. Like, that's bad. That's not good. Um, yeah, I would interview kids, and I'd be like, did you, did you talk to Brian Kelly? Oftentimes, no, they didn't. Now... Every interview I do with a recruit, like tomorrow morning, I'm posting an article on Emmett Mosley, the fifth. Okay. Um, 
obviously a Notre Dame legacy with his parents uh, both playing a Notre Dame football and, and his mom was a fantastic soccer player for the Fighting Irish. Um, it's, I, it's just like, how was talking to Freeman? There's no did you talk to Freeman. How, how, how was Coach Freeman? Because, I mean, I don't know how that guy, Marcus Freeman, with six kids and all the responsibilities that he has is talking to all these 25 and 24 and 23 recruits. Like, it's just crazy. The dude must have 30 hour work days. Um, I don't know how he does it, but, um, yeah, cheers to to Marcus Freeman. Well, before we go, I know is that, you know, I think it was, I think it was, but Pat Forty was in town for the spring game, wrote an article about him and his wife was quoted like, we're we're going away on a 10 day cruise and no recruiting, but you know, he's going to get away somewhere on his laptop and uh, send a text message to someone. But, uh, for his wife to know how hard he's working and it's like, you know, Honey, we're getting away for at least a you know a week plus to, to get away from the world. And uh, but you know what? His name's on it. His name's on this program. He wants to put his stamp on here. I go back to when he got hired. He's a Buckeye, and I say that as in he's been at the highest level of college football. And I think he, I think he knows what it takes to win, and he's going to put that effort in. And it's it's showing as as you talk to all these recruits all the time. It's showing. All right. Great stuff. Appreciate the super chat, Christopher. Um, and yeah, now we're going to sign off. Appreciate you guys. Hit the thumbs up on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube YouTube channel. Um, $1 for one year premium access. Um, leave a nice review on a podcast wherever you listen to this. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next time.